darkest corners of the podcast dungeon, you have come across another goddamn horror podcast with Graham Faye, Jonas Barnes, and Ryan Danley. <laughs> Proud member of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to yet another goddamn horror podcast. I am one of your hosts. I am Ryan Danley, coming to you from Portland, Oregon. Um, just chilling up here yeah yeah such a good <laughs> that's what day. i heard yeah just chilling how are you doing jonas doing good man yeah At a, yeah i mean, brooklyn's been nice today it's a it started off all rainy and gross like i like it and then it cleared up and everything was cool and it's actually been really quiet today in brooklyn hmm. which is abnormal so, so. The, the rats are like the rats are chill- the, the rats are like they're thawed out now because they were like icy <laughs> as hell for the last week and now they're just like but loose and fancy going, free. Yeah, yeah, they're going right. back to their nice rat life underneath the uh, underneath the sidewalks here. I, love, I, love it. I don't know what he's talking about. I watched a seven year old kid today. It was loud as fuck all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that sounds about right. Yeah, uh, I Brian, you're. Uh, I heard you're you're working uh, with doctors now. Right. Right. Well, you, you, I, like the the mafia doctors or something? <laughs> no, yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 uh, no. I got it confused. Yeah, I uh, no, I did stand up. Uh, I did stand up stand this up. week. Stand up. I did stand up with a doctor this week. Uh, I did. Uh, I, I was uh, apparently when uh, when civil rights icons come to Portland and you do stand up comedy, uh, you need me. <laughs> I'm the comic that they look for. I don't know how that worked out. Uh, but no, but I uh, I did comedy before the uh, the Cornell West uh, show um, the deal in Portland this week, yeah. and uh, and um, I was hoping to even get a chance to meet the guy. I was figured he'd be hidden away somewhere. <laughs> Being, yeah, being yeah, cool, yeah. working on that hair, you know, and uh, and uh, now I mean, dude just hung out in the in the back and uh, in the green room with all of us uh, to the point where I kind of forgot about it. Cornell West, good dude. He told me uh, when I got off stage, he told me I was a funny motherfucker, um, <laughs> and uh, and when I left. He I'm said put to me, that, like on your tombstone. Yeah, please, <laughs> please say, right say Ryan Danway, funny motherfucker, Cornell, Cornell West. West. Yeah, yeah, doctor, and, doctor and Cornell West. Um, <laughs> He, everybody calls him brother west i didn't feel comfortable with that so i just uh, i just <laughs> i just i just i just, I just said it's cool and then um and then at the end before i left i went up to the front of the line because him and i are pals like that now um the, of people <laughs> meeting him and i was like hey man i'm gonna get out of here good luck to you and he gave me a big hug and told me that when i do comedy he could feel the energy coming out of me <laughs> okay that's man. awesome okay okay <laughs> west i'm yeah. just gonna <laughs> just walk i'm just gonna float out of here you're gonna um, ride that high forever. <laughs> anyways um a cool guy if you get a chance to see him when he comes to your town uh you know no matter what you think of politics or whatever like that he's uh Fucking he's check the, him out he's the real deal dude um so yeah so that so that was uh now i've quit comedy and uh everything else because <laughs> now i, I know, <laughs> now i'm good i'm good like 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 like, like homies with cornell west like i didn't see that on my bingo card so like I'm like, oh fuck it. Like, let's just quit. Radio <laughs> City Music Hall, fuck out of here. I opened for Cornell West. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> Jess, Jesselnick wants to take me on tour. I'm like, you, bro, you are awesome. no, you are <laughs> no Cornell West. <laughs> anyway, should we introduce our uh, amazing uh, guest that we have? Absolutely, we should. Really should. Um, yeah. we uh, we all got really hyped on a movie this year. We've probably recommended it to you all like a thousand times. It won, it, it won our one movie of the year. Uh, we went back and forth, and we just kept coming to. Uh, the angry black girl and her monster. Uh, we we we've talked to it and suggested to you a lot. Um, we are very fortunate to have Bamani Story on the show, uh, writer and director. Welcome. Oh, thank you, man. Excited to be a part of this. This has been uh, this is awesome. Uh, thank you very much. We uh, we um, we I think was it Graham? Did you see it first and tell us, or did I see it first? Yeah, you saw it first. Graham, you yeah. saw it first. Yeah, and uh, and it was like, oh, you got to check this movie out and. Uh, and we ever each of us watched it and we all came back like damn that was like a real yeah. movie yeah yeah and um in I, I don't know like it's it's moving it's it's horror but it's it's got deep substance and it's it's inviting it's, it's inviting though it's still it's still got like fun horror aspect to it with like a dead serious backdrop it's a fantastic film how 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 does this how does this to be like how does that yeah i mean honestly it's like it started with me uh reading the the original text frankenstein by mary shelley mm-hmm. shout out to yep. the queen yep uh yeah what is she i mean i think she's the originator of sci-fi but yep. hell yeah um but i also think the original of sci-fi horror man like sure that, yeah you know genre mask before it was kind of a thing so mm-hmm. shout out to her but I read that book and was so profoundly moved by it and also horrified. I, it was like giving me anxiety while I was reading it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> sure, sure. And um, after I read it, I was kind of just, I knew I wanted to do something with it because the themes were resonating with me so much at the time. And I wanted to do something with that. Uh, it took me some years before the actual idea came, but once it did, I mixed that with like, I have two older sisters who I, you know, I say this over and over again, that I grew up with that mentored me. And they were mm-hmm. my first contact with intelligence, really. So, or, um, so like, I wanted to infuse those things. Uh, and thus, uh, <laughs> thus came this story. Sure. Uh, um, and hey, what a great, um, what a great story to take from because i mean beyond beyond just the sci-fi horror element of it that story is as well you know has like a like a like it's such a layered story as you know what i mean and and you're a writer by by that's you're a writer correct Mm -hmm. before yeah and uh and i think as like as writers i think like a lot of us love that story you know what i mean that story in general just because it, it it does bring so much to the table of horror and and uh the, like you're saying like the energy of it is so is so great and plus there's like this underlining like morality to the whole thing of like you know why are we attacking you know what i mean and and mm-hmm. things like that and like and who's the real villain here you mm-hmm. know and uh you know and i think that like um in you know so it, it does absolutely translate into such a great great movie and taking so many different elements you know what i mean like like a lot of stories like romeo and juliet or whatever you can take those parts and put it into another thing and you were able to like get like 
such a great um vibe out of it and like and create such a very like real world you feel like you're just dropped in this neighborhood you know what i mean or in this yeah you know what i mean and it's and it's uh and you really nail it thank you uh that means a lot man yeah it was um it was a trajectory you know because i was walking around with the script since i don't know like 2018 um and didn't really get any traction until around sometime in 2020 uh and then after that it took another year to kind of put everything together and then uh then we were off to the races you know so it's been it's been quite the journey you know sure <laughs> sure yeah and it's um you know, this idea has been developing for some time because uh, I had the script back in 2018, but the idea was bothering me since I graduated high school, you know. Um, I'm 35 now, so it was like, it was just kind of <laughs> bothering me for a while. Sure, sure. Yeah, you know, until uh, lo and behold, what we have now, you know. Um, well, okay. Uh um, I'll go. <laughs> the one thing I, I want. We all want to that, talk to you, so we're yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, we're gonna go in turns. <laughs> the, the thing that blew me away about it um, was it felt like an entirely real world, but it it wasn't. I, I don't know, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like the way that you dropped names of actual historical figures throughout it that did like real things all women too which is super cool and, and relates to mary shelley and everything but mary shelley and frankenstein are never brought up mm -hmm. it, that's and that's clearly on purpose and stuff but i thought when i realized that because it was when she figures out that the key is electricity and i'm like wait if like, because anybody in any world knows that that's how you get Frankenstein. Ele electricity is sort of the key. And like, by by lay laying it in a, in a world where all everything is real, history is real and everything, but Mary Shelley didn't exist. And for her to be the, I thought that was so fucking cool. And it blew my fucking mind. And I was just like, this is fucking awesome. And then I, I watched, I was like, do they mention it? Like, and no, but it was so cool. I thought that was such a cool little thing to do and, and bold as hell, honestly. Like that, like you kind of were like, no, this, <laughs> this whole concept, she's that doesn't even exist, which is fucking great. It's, it's really, it, it builds its own universe, but you know, it's, it's a Frankenstein movie and you know what the, so yeah, just fucking standing ovation for that. Oh, Thank you. Thank you. But I, I will say she does get a um, she does get she does get a nod. Uh, yeah. Uh, in the credits. Yeah. 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 Got a creditor. I mean, yeah, 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 got to, got to. Can't yeah, 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 yeah. No, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And, and yeah, I saw like in in, in uh, like on IMDb, it says you wrote and directed. But in some other places, it says you directed it and Mary Shelley wrote it. And, uh, <laughs> Man, that's interesting. Uh, I should be so lucky. Yeah. <laughs> I should be so lucky. Uh, you know, I think that like and beyond like the like, I mean, of course, we're a horror podcast and and, you know, so, we, you know, we're focused on the Mary Shelley stuff, too. But you also there's also um 
really powerful scenes with uh you know particularly her and the school and her relationship to the teacher and so you know some 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 like harsh reality sort of um stuff in there that is is important for people to know and for people to see and uh um you know and so like to be able to like mix those two and be like okay we're gonna do this and it is gonna be frankenstein and then there's you know there's all of that in there but i'm also going to like flank this with like with like like some real like some real shit you know what i mean and like and you know and i think that like um i think that personally and we're we're fans of this on the show is that you know horror is 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 that is the the idea behind it is it, it is the mary shelley the like the the villains are who's the bad guy who's the good guy who's the victim who's that you know what i mean like those sorts of things are mixed up so using that as a as a vehicle for a sort of deeper knowledge was was really great and and moving and also I mean, the the strength of the performances that you were able to pull out of that of this movie were um, so fantastic that it made it so. I mean, Leah uh, uh, Leah Leia De Leon Hayes. I guess <laughs> like I'm, I'm speaking and I'm like, oh, I gotta now I gotta say something. <laughs> um, um, her her performance is. I mean, perfect. It fits the energy of the movie and like, and is, is real, but also like, like entertaining and like, uh, and just fits like this, like sort of like, there's like, there's sort of like this, like almost Twilight Zone vibe through the whole movie. And she rides that perfectly. And then of course you got Ch Chad, Chad Coleman. Chad Coleman. Yeah. Who's, you know, I mean, I'm a wire guy, so I know wire, him from the wire, yeah. but then he's on, he's on, and then he's on all those seasons of, of walking dead and yeah. all of that stuff. And of course that guy brings like a thousand oh percent sent, sent to it as the dad. <laughs> he and, was like, incredible. And him, like that scene where he's talking to the teacher and like sticking up for his daughter is like, seriously, what, like, like I had to watch that shit like three times in a row be like, wow, that was like, that was some moving stuff. So, uh, how, as a director did you get that like you're like okay i got this thing i've been working on it forever it's got this vibe to it how do you how did you get them there on that um well honestly as i mean this is going to sound obnoxious but um it's really always trying to uh get to the truth of the situation you know what i mean um and for me it was just a matter of talking to the actors and talking about the scene and uh, some rehearsals and also pulling from from life itself, you know, uh, because to me, it's a matter of uh, when, at least for me, when I'm when I'm creating a scene and working with actors, I'm trying to get to some kind of emotional truth, you, you know, sure. uh, and that scene, both of those scenes are are based on things that you know, happened like what happened in the classroom was something that happened to one of my sisters. It's a reoccurring story that happens around the dinner table that we always talk about down all the way to like the Mrs. Bitch line. You, you know, it's right. like all that stuff is so I had I had a uh, Leia talk to my sister, you know, the one that went through that, you know, before we shot that scene, you know, to have her kind of, you know, talk about what was going on. And then with Chad, you know, I let him talk to to my mom because uh, she had to kind of go up there and, and talk to these teachers, you know, on a constant basis. So he can kind of understand, you know, what what exactly is going on, you, you know. 
And mixing all that stuff together is kind of what uh, I think kind of unlocked everything. Plus, you know, obviously these are extremely talented actors. Sure, <laughs> sure. You know what I mean? Sure, so it's sure. like, you know, but um, to me, it was a matter of doing things like that, um, talking to them uh, and, you know, rehearsing and, you know, just discussions about what the scene means to everybody and how we can uh get to some kind of truth with it you, you know sure. uh emotional truth i should say so like um uh i don't know if that answers your question but that... no no it does no, it, it does. does no yeah. that's exactly that's exactly because yeah. honestly like they they showed up and were like part of it you know what i mean and like that yeah. and like we're there and like a thousand percent and like i mean like i mean you must have been pretty happy to get her, Denzel Whittaker, and I mean, all three of them are 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 pretty active, active yeah. working, pretty working great at, at what they do. Pretty great, all three. Um, <laughs> they heavy hitters. So you're like, oh, this is this is gonna you know, that must be nice for you know out of the gate first. And you're like, oh, okay, sure. Like, <laughs> yeah. make it a little less difficult. Yeah, you know it. You know it. Yeah. I had a director, uh, I have a professor who said, You want people that make your job easier, not harder. <laughs> right. So they were definitely, my cast is definitely people that made my job easier. So I wanted to mention something really quick too. Like, this mm. is this is something that kind of spoke to me specifically because, like, people that have like listened to the show and stuff and people in my life know that I've gone through like a massive amount of grief over the last like year and a half, just, you know, lots and lots of stuff. So in the beginning of the movie, one of the lines is, uh, you know, it in a um, roundabout way, the line is basically that death is a disease. So it has a cure, you know? Mm -hmm. So that whole idea of it, like that vein going throughout the film was something that just felt like it, it like was an absolute home run of a theme because I think like with the way that it was approached, the way that the monster was approached, the way that everything about the quote unquote death, the way that that was approached was done so well because like what it told me when I was watching the movie, especially cause like I said, the second time we're running through the movie, I kind of got more out of it than I did the first time. Cause I loved it the first time. But then when I watched it the second time, it kind of let me absorb everything a little bit more and what came out of it for me is that death is inevitable and death isn't what actually the disease is the actual disease is the grief is the not letting go is the not accepting it everything like that and that's what it felt like going throughout the movie and then as you come up to the end which you know for anybody that hasn't seen it i'm not going to say the end but like when it comes up to the third act so to speak the third act is so emotionally well done and like layered was that something like when you wrote this movie out were these things that like happened throughout the writing process or was that something that, that you just like had already like done like was that some did you have the whole story written out the whole time or was it something that processed like you know closer to when the movie was made um i think like you know finding trying to find the truest uh ending for this uh, was like it was a bit of a process you know I, I had a, a you know a couple different endings as I was going through rewrites obviously you know sure. that I was kind of going through but when you you know when you land on it like you can feel it and when I landed on this one uh, this was you know 
some months before uh, uh the actual like production even started and stuff like that okay uh, that it, you know it just felt very it felt very true um and it felt very like uh i don't know like i i didn't know what to think of it you, you know it's just like i still don't know <laughs> you know it's like i have my you know, feels but i'm still kind of like i'm like oh it like feels right you, you, you know an ending like this because mm -hmm. um, i just believe you know when you start somewhere you want to hopefully you know you end somewhere different you, you know unless the point is that you end in the same place right for sure um so yeah the ending i, I believe gives a certain kind of catharsis you, you, you know and i think honestly it's like to me the the moment in the movie at least you know emotionally that i feel like you're you're waiting for is like the uh is that like dinner table scene um i feel like you know it's just like everything's so separated and mm -hmm. then once all the pieces come together i feel like it's like that's when uh emotionally things start to click and then which moves towards like what this is actually about once you get to the the third act and you know the decision she makes and all that so um yeah that's uh that ending was very like uh it was it was tough to get to but like uh from as from a writing standpoint but w once i did i it felt it felt right i can tell you that the ending sticks like yeah. it's it's one of yeah. those like it's one of those third acts that i think especially with a movie like this because it is a very emotional movie like it's a horror movie for sure but also it's got so many different layers to it that take it kind of outside of the horror sphere too you know in the best way possible so that third act is just it's a very um like you said it's a very cathartic third act you know as far as like the way that it builds up and everything but also there's the addiction aspect of it too putting mm -hmm. that whole part of it in there mm -hmm. like i remember one line that kind of hit me pretty hard like um especially as somebody in recovery there was like there was a line where i can't remember the main guy's name now the uh the drug dealer oh denzel uh, kango yes. oh kango 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 yeah. when he looks at her and he says i'm the one keeping your family alive i'm like oh fuck like because as soon as he said that i was just like because to me like when he said that it immediately made me think how many times when i was still using and stuff where i was like fuck i used that so many times to try mm -hmm. to get over something to try to get over whatever it was that i was dealing with so when he hit that line i was like oh that line is so true but in the most fucked up way like it's <laughs> it's like a really fucked up truth you know <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is what it is <laughs> so, shout out to you man I'm, I'm glad you're recovering doing well man like I, and i'm glad the movie could uh uh unlock some truths for you you know while you're watching it uh, yeah no nah, i mean um uh denzel really took it there man yeah he's fantastic <laughs> <laughs> He's got, he's got that he's got that black panther energy you know what i mean like yeah. the, you come yeah. from that scene you come from the wakanda world you're like yeah, yeah. i can i can kill this um but yeah. it's um, <laughs> i also really really loved uh her relationship with her sister asia that the, like their conversations like kept things real grounded and like it was super cool i just loved whenever they interacted uh 
but uh, yeah i am um, i also and the reason the reason i knew you were a writer before and i'm just gonna like i'm just gonna just gonna say this one like you did my favorite thing um is that rather than using the first act to like like wasting all that film like so many do, do on backstory you actually just used exposition in like the the beginning part of the movie and it's just like to me that's just the best like like it's like i don't need all the beginning like we didn't never do where james bond came from he just did james yeah. bond shit you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> <It's there. laughs> you know what i mean and so like you were able to just get that stuff out of the way and basically what like the cold open i mean before the even the the the, the title card you are you have you have you've established the whole movie we know where everybody's at we know we know the the roles and everything and it's and it's and, it, and it's placement and then all of a sudden then you're set up for an entire movie so you're not cramming the entire arc of the story into the second and third act and i think that that's a that is a real there's a real art to that and that i as a fan of movies watch so many movies cram so much uh so i mean even like big time people like christopher nolan i mean i know christopher you're probably listening you know no disrespect <laughs> to you, but but he will but he will cram he will cram a lot into the second and third act that of stuff that you know would have been nice to to, to spread for a while and then it ends up right, right. and then or nine hours long you know and so <laughs> so um <laughs> like you know what i mean like look at the last batman movie he did it was like it was like 30 characters and and like and like like batman's in a cave at one point batman's like doing street art with the big like bat symbol on the thing you know i mean there's just so much going on and you're just like, like you could have had kind of batman is this like, you could have had more time if you just would have just just done like a beginning sort of montage of of events and created like a like the situation and you did that and i could and it gave you the the time to like loosen up that story and make it like with that natural flow to it because you know a lot happens in in your movie and it never feels clunky. It never feels anything. It feels it feels smooth, and it all and until it, it gets to that end scene, and then you're like, and then it's just like so intense and so great, and it's like you've been, and it really pops because of that because you gave it that that nice flow all the way through. We're we're, we're fans. I don't know if you. If you... Yeah. <laughs> I didn't I didn't cry the first time I saw it, but I cried the second time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Also, by the way, thank you for making a. 90 minute movie thank you for doing that. <laughs> Not making it three and a half hours fucking long i would have watched a three and a half hour angry black girl and her monster movie for sure Absolutely. i would have watched that but still thank you for not doing that <laughs> we, that's that's too much movie <laughs> i was looking at that too i was like 92 minutes fuck yeah like <laughs> when you watch it too you're like oh that was a good 92 minutes that was a yeah. really good 92 minutes <laughs> I've, I've talked to i've talked about this a lot on this show like i'm a novella fan like i'm like a short like a, a nice like 150 pages like anybody can bang that out like a lot less like i mean don't get me wrong i like a 300 400 page book but that second act generally drags a little bit at the end of those but in those you can be like okay we get it yeah. now <laughs> like, let's bring it somewhere it's like those mid game of thrones seasons you know what i mean we're like they're, they're walking an entire episode you know what i mean like they're like <laughs> make weight or whatever you call it um but it's like um 
um, you, you know, it's you bang out that story and it leaves to, you know, little fat on the story. And you were able to do that and have like a, in 92 minutes, you packed in more movie than most movies twice as long. Yeah. So, yeah, it's the Stephen King effect. You have one of two things. You either have the movie that is like the Christopher Nolan movie that's like, all right, Stephen, you just spent 100 pages describing a blade of grass. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> or you have the other side of it, which is Stephen King trying to do a movie that's been co-directed by cocaine, and you have <laughs> Maximum Overdrive. That's where my you're joke. Like, where you're like, what the fuck happened to that movie? <laughs> and then there's this weird area in between the middle where it's like, no, no, hit the middle. Like, you just like do the good 90 minutes. Do the good 90 minutes. That's what we want. Yeah. Do that. Well, I mean, I often look at... um. It's it's a it's a crazy it's a it's a pretty iconic, I think it's an iconic scene I don't know I haven't really I know a lot of people know about it but I always look at that Terminator scene the, from the first Terminator when he goes and buys the guns mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. he takes the bullet and then he's like you can't do that he's like wrong you know that scene is like less than a minute long right right yeah, it's, you know? it's sure. Like, but it's one of the most memorable scenes. I believe that's an incredibly iconic scene and something yeah. that we have yeah. Uzi 9 millimeter. I can almost recite yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know. Says everything you like, need to say. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, it's very short, sweet, and like, it tells you everything you need to know about Terminator. One, it's just, he's not, he doesn't play by the rules, which is one of like, <laughs> the fun parts of watching Terminator is right. like watching this thing come and be like, I don't abide by the rules, societal norms of man, right? Like right. I come here and I'll do whatever it takes, right? Um, and it, it like, it shows that immediately about the character. Um, and then on top of that, it's just like, and he's like, you know, breaking these laws with these guns, like things that people would be like, I would never, if I bought a gun, I would never do something crazy like that. And you, you're showing the Terminator do something, you know what I mean? Sure. It's like <laughs> the darkest urge, right? Like, um, and and then the scene is done and it shows that he's a villain obviously because he kills the person right Right. like (laughs) it's like you know and it just does so much within a uh with less than a minute you know and i often think about that and that's not to say that i think every scene needs to be that way or every movie needs to be you know a certain amount of length but i do use it as a benchmark to kind of be like look man like why are you spending this amount? Why why am I you know spending this amount of time here? You, you know, sure. it's just like, uh, what what's the what's the point in this? You, you know, it's like, and how are we like peeling back layers? Because to me, it's like if I'm gonna, you know, at least I would hope and I want to try to is that if you're sitting in a scene and you you know you're part of this story that I'm writing or whatever, it's like at least there needs to be like new developments that are happening. Um, I don't see any point in staying in that Terminator scene any longer than what I did, right? Sure, <laughs> you, you know what I mean. Like, no, absolutely, right, exactly, and yeah. uh, and 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 it's funny, and yeah. it packs punch, <laughs> and but like, but like you're saying, and it's like it was kind of like to go back to like the exposition at the beginning, like you could have really stuck a lot of that in the first act, but we get the exposition at the beginning, and then you get a, like a little bit more of uh, it's Chris's story, uh, but with the um, 
when when he's talking about him earlier so you get exposition later in it too so it's able to build that story more throughout it so you're not forgetting it from the beginning so like you're right it's like it's like i mean both jonas and i are stand-up comics and uh it's just about how how quick can we get here how much joke how many how how little words can i use to to get to the punchline because the the sooner i do that the better and in a world filled with movies like like let's say I, I feel like i'm talking shit on all these movies and i'm not really mean to do it but like the superman movies which are mostly just like cool shot scenes <laughs> like things like that like to be able to have like that are just mostly like visually visually entertaining like uh, like it's really cool to have like that sort of substance brought to the movie like like you you watching that like i could tell like that's like the vibe like we're just gonna go there and we're just gonna punch this out and like um and it just made every scene like that much more powerful because it just, you didn't have time for the audience to think about it. You know what I mean? Like, we're not like, like if you're telling a joke and the audience starts thinking about it before you get joke to the punch, you've lost, joke, it, you've lost you're yeah. done. You're done. You want to get there before they get there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, yep. and so, um, yeah, so that that's exactly, I, I felt exactly that when it goes from the scene in the classroom with Vicaria and then right into the, when her dad's there. Like that was just a lot in like it didn't seem like that long. Like it, it was like back to back scenes, more or less, I think. And mm -hmm. and yeah, and just two insanely in intense parts like and you got that whole feel. You knew the love was there, you knew the understanding in the family was there. You knew where they were and like it's fucking fantastic. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> just, just. <Yeah. laughs> I don't know if Ryan told you when you came onto the show this time. It was We're just fans. So you, so you got the movie. Uh, did you have it in the can, or were you shopping it beforehand? Uh, how did you, how did you end up on Shutter with it? Um. Well, Crypt TV packaged the movie, uh, and. Then, you know, I mean, Shudder is under like AMC and, mm -hmm. R, you know, RLJ and stuff like that. Right. Uh, we got accepted into uh, to South by Southwest. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, uh, the producers at Crypt TV were working there. Producer magic. <laughs> the dark yeah, arts yeah. of. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> um, it, yeah. They it's saw it and then, and then they bought it, you know, which was which was crazy. Yeah, you must have, that must have been a pretty good day because that's uh <laughs> you're like okay yeah i'll take that and, and yeah that's one of the biggest horror platforms in the world it's in the middle of like being one of the best content creators too like the the originals and stuff they're getting are knocking it the fuck out of the park like every yeah. time and like oh, yeah. i it was insane the movies that yours was up against in our in our Danzig awards you know like it was tough but it, it, you know like yeah shutter has a lot of great stuff and like the range they're doing from skinema ring to when evil lurks is just insane totally yeah. insane um true phenomenal movies that i'm a huge fan of both mm -hmm. of those um yep yeah, like I saw fucking when Evil Lurks in theaters, and like I was like, man, this is some <laughs> fucked up shit. Like this, is, <laughs> you know, I was like, this is so... most people's reaction. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is so awesome, and like the way that movie treats horror. You know, I haven't seen something treat horror like that before. You, you know, and I I really appreciated that. 
And then Skinamarink was just like <laughs> what do they call it, analog horror or something like that. <laughs> right. That, like eight oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, like, there's like a couple of like YouTube shorts that I've watched that are like that, you know, horror shorts that are like that. But like, um, yeah, just you know, this guy just like being like, man, fuck it. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like I'm doing, you know. Yeah, and really pushing the boundaries of what it. Means I love that. Horror. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's like, not the easiest watch, like, no. but like, I respected the shit out of that movie. Like, yeah. people were like, "What the fuck is this?" I was like, "That was cool as hell." <laughs> yeah. Like, like, yeah. I don't care that it was like a fever dream of a child. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. fucking cool. I, yeah. you know, I um, I actually. I love Skinamarink, but I don't even actually enjoy watching it. I just enjoy it as like a like a yeah. piece of art. You know what I mean? Like from like an artistic standpoint, like mm-hmm. like somebody said, this is what I'm gonna do, mm-hmm. and then you just gotta respect the hustle to get money for that because that's gonna be a tough mm-hmm. a tough pitch. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. okay, so there's gonna be basically like no plot. And it's, it's going to be lo- lots of long, long drive. I mean, it's got it had to be, cost like 120 bucks to make, but like it, like it's, um, but it's, uh, it, but like I so totally respect that somebody, somebody wanted to make that movie and went out and did it. And because I mean, really, there's nothing like it before. I mean, yeah. it's like maybe some YouTube stuff or something. And it's like that. very divisive, and it's that's kind of my favorite kind of movie. Yeah, like if yeah. it's divisive, then I'm usually. Um, yeah, um, like, I usually love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. And then even you know, sort of they did Birth Rebirth, you know, yeah. which I was, oh my know. god, yeah, fucking amazing. Um, yeah, Laura's an incredible director. Um, and like, yeah, Shutter's just you know they're tearing it up, man. What else, yeah. what more can I say? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, you're part of it. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. Like, like you're a, the reason that we're, we we talk about Shutter. Like your yeah, movie is like 100%. part of it. Yeah, we're uh, you know we we have a big focus on independent horror, and we've we've been very fortunate to be doing this podcast at the time that that Shutter is on these like massive releases. I mean, we had Sacrifice Game, we had when Evil Lurks. I mean, uh, you know, I mean the, the Destroy All Neighbors that movie that came out that's a that's a hoot. Super that's a good, super fun. Uh, on the flip side, opposite of it, like that's kind of kids like versus uh, aliens, kids versus like, aliens. I mean, like a ton of like just a ton of great stuff, and like and then and it's great because you're you're now in the best of uh 2023 on there on that list so hopefully you're still getting clicks on it you know what i mean uh, so. that's awesome i didn't even know yeah it's like they're, 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 they have like the best of 2023 and i think you're like five in like you know what i mean and yeah like, it's uh, pretty early up and that um and that's a and uh it's beefy competition you know what mm-hmm. i mean like this is this movie is like when evil works which is honestly very very well received and you know and um even the return of hell house yeah that was huge house origins yep Um, you know it's it's one of those things also i remember when we were looking at our list of like movies for the year like that was it was funny because when we went through our danzig awards and we did all these things and we're like we you know we were breaking down the categories and stuff like fuck dude how many times did we look at the list of movies of the year and be like god there's so many like with like this was a good year yeah it was tough to put it all together (laughs) and then every time it came back to your movie we're like we're like but this fucking movie stands above them like they kept on doing that and every time we would add more movies to that best movie of the year list we'd be like but fucking angry girl and her monster there was always a reason why yours would take the edge (laughs) and it was a different reason every time well this movie did this yeah but 
angry black girl did this <laughs> and honestly you know listen we could have like as we were going through all the categories like there were so many categories that had people from your movie that were just like fuck i think it's them too like we're just like, <laughs> like, the other movies are just like all the other movies are eating light like this one's just you know yeah there was it was a lot of competition but fuck man you made something really special especially with a story yeah. that's like a frankenstein story like people ha- there's been a lot of like takes on that and i've seen a lot of really good ones like larry fassenden did an amazing depraved one. yeah depraved which was like super diy and cool and like my favorite one honestly of all time was mary shelley's frankenstein the one with uh robert de niro playing mm-hmm. frankenstein i yeah. love playing the monster i love that one yeah. a lot of people don't but i think it's awesome um your movie takes the crown from that like leaps and bounds <laughs> 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 now my number one frankenstein story quote unquote uh easily yeah. of all time so absolutely man oh well thank you man i'm glad to even be mentioned on the list you know what i mean it's like it's uh it's uh as i said my love of mary shelley you know what i mean i just knew going into i was like if i can capture uh two percent of what she's doing i, I feel like i'll be sure. in a, a good place you know because she was just it's just such an incredible story you know absolutely um, and obviously centuries ahead of its time still ahead still ahead yeah. still, still yeah. ahead and uh like yeah, I, I mean, I saw a meme not too long ago or somebody was saying how like uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea created science fiction and all this stuff. And people were like, uh, no, Mary Shelley wrote that yeah. 100 <laughs> years yeah. before that yeah. at 16 years old. And, it, yeah. and, and, and you know, and I and, you know, and it really just goes to show you that, like, I mean, we still to this day as as um, um as cool as the world wants to think they are will not give credit to females you know i mean just like don't don't want to just don't want to show that she she you know like the 16 year old girl you know wrote this thing that has like impacted so much of what we with so much part of us you know what i mean yeah Yeah. the 16 year old girl wrote the electric meat monster story like way the fuck before like sorry you gotta give her the credit like you do yeah and the other thing i think people forget that she also because she also wrote this book i read called the last man which is phenomenal um so she Mm. wasn't like a one-hit wonder you know right right that man is an incredible novel um dark and you know apocalyptic and it's uh it's fantastic you, you know so yeah mary shelley is the she's the queen yeah mm-hmm. hell yeah yeah um, and it was really cool how in your, like the the real historical figures that you, you brought up were all female yeah. And, yeah. and 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 under like uh uh sister rosetta yeah. uh just the fact that she's like the godmother of rock and roll like mm. she pretty much like it's so fucking cool i love finding out shit like that too it's like every time i think it was some dude that did something it turns <laughs> out it wasn't and it's so much fucking cooler <laughs> and then i look at it, i'm like what are you doing smiling about you're getting housed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I appreciate that, man. I'm glad. Yeah. So, so did you did you grow up on horror? Did you were you like a you know were you a, a, a video store kid? Yeah, I did. Like, well, I did grow up with horror mainly 
not through my own like seeking it was because my sisters kept giving it to me like they kept <laughs> you, know, Good for you them. know what i mean <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the weird part is is like so they kept giving it to me it'd be scaring the shit out of me and then like i just got a taste for it and yeah. started seeking out on my own and then i grew up and like you know and i asked them and i tell them about it and then they're just like oh i actually don't like horror movies they scare me <laughs> like watching i'm just like what were you doing to me then like what was this, <laughs> what was this about you know um so yeah, long story answers like yeah, I, I, you know, it's like I've I, I I like I love horror. I think it's a very like broad um uh genre that I feel like is just now starting to get like people to understand it. I still think people get caught in a like when you say horror, I still think they get caught in a certain kind of archetype, you know, in their brain sure. of what they're expecting when they walk into a theater and Absolutely. see a horror movie. But you you know, I do think that is that's like slightly changing these days and widening, you, you know what I mean? And I think people's understanding of horror and its appreciation is starting to change um, because I still even feel like me and my friends talk about it often of just like people not even really understanding how to rate horror, you know what I mean? Like, cause yeah. you know, it's like, I was just like, you, you're not watching the same thing or you just don't understand and you're, you know what I mean? It's like, and so they just want to shit on it. And it's like, I, I can't respect that, you, you know? So um i appreciate the opening up of like of horror to like the to the world you, you know and honestly the moment it's in right now reminds me a lot of um of where hip-hop was back in the 2000s when like it was this underground thing and then it started kind of gaining some kind of mainstream traction you sure. know and there was kind of a you know uh there was a little bit of frustrations going on in sure. and outside right there's people right. just like i don't want it all over the place and then there were people on this i was just like i don't want this shit commodified like it's gonna ruin it right, <laughs> right, like, right. You know? right. um but then i think like uh hip-hop settled in a place where it's just like nah it's all good like just because there's like you know you know pop hip-hop doesn't mean that underground hip-hop doesn't exist you, you know exactly. what I mean? And I feel like horror is kind of having a similar moment right now where it's like there's these, you know, it's just like there's people are latching onto it, you know, and they're, but I feel like there's like, yeah, that's why I say it's like it's a very broad uh, genre, you know, it's just like it can exist in a lot of different formats, if that makes sense. And still, 100%. Under the I've always umbrella. said that I think it's the dominant genre because mm -hmm. it can accept all other genres into it. Yeah. But yeah. other genres can't always do that. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I think like, yeah, because you can have, I mean, what was uh what was it, bones and all? Like a fucked up love story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? It's just right. like you can have you can have like a cannibal love story. You know, and like and it's a it's a horror movie. You you know, it's not necessarily a ghost is under the bed. Right, right, you right. Know? I was like, but it is a horror movie, you, you know. Um, so yeah, I, I love that about the genre. It, absolutely, and I mean, I think that we are. I think that, like, honestly, with with shutters and Screenbox and things like that, we are seeing more like the popularity of terrifier and things like that. We are seeing more independent horror right now, I suppose. I mean, cause there's always been the big budget horror movies that are glossy and this and that, but like with, but, but like for like the real horror heads and things like that, like movies like yours and, and movies like when evil lurks and things like, like, um, 
you uh or where evil works I, why do i screw that up every single time it's because i'm it's because i'm not smart but um it's, it's like it's when it's when when it's, it's when, when. It's evil works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. which is weird yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but it's, it throws people for a loop it's not just you it's, right. it's all right it's okay. fine <laughs> I call uh, destroy all neighbors, kill all neighbors he, to the director. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, but um, but we uh, we're lucky to be in a situation right now where where I feel like real real horror. I, I hate to use the term real horror, but what I would consider independent horror has a, has a vehicle to get to to, to eyes. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's yeah. a and that's a good uh, that's a good experience to be in because it gives a movie like yours, which um, you know maybe. Uh, giant centiplexes that that do you know that the you know seize on on suburban money or whatever wouldn't wouldn't love for the many reasons or whatever or wouldn't be want to give it the, the big thing but we can get to see it and enjoy it and then tell other people and then other people you know what i'm saying so yeah it's a good time for that it's a uh, um because even like some bigger people are coming out with more like independent style horror movies you know what i mean like uh um i mean like jordan peele and this you know what i mean like like i mean get out and us are both pretty independent styled horror movies they they're not part they're not like like set up in the typical slasher or haunted house or you know what i mean they, they had a different story there and so he was able to uh you know but still get that into theaters and stuff like that so it's um I don't know. It's a good time for it. I I fully agree. It's like, yeah. uh, um, and uh, I I like I uh, I'm a, a more of a '96 hip hop guy. I think '96 mm -hmm. was a great great year it for was it. Was a great year. '96 was a great year. You know, um, East Flatbrook Project and like all that shit came out in like '96. Um, but yeah, in 2000s it was all of a sudden like, oh yeah, we can do it. But um, I have I like to I have to mention this because mm -hmm. Bomani, your what you said made something click in my head and i have to say it and verbalize it or it'll become an intrusive thought uh <laughs> your your hip-hop comparison made me realize that blumhouse is basically no limit records at this point like, <laughs> and, like i'm thinking about it now because like every time a movie comes out it's like every now and then it's like oh shit yeah that's a good master p album and every now and then it's like who the fuck is skullduggery like who's this guy like, it's like that's that's kind of where that part is <laughs> it's <laughs> the masterpiece of horror yeah it kind of is it kind of is and like i'm okay with that because that like i grew up on i grew up on like ryan was saying like 90s hip-hop but then like as it transitioned like as i was graduating mm -hmm. and that's when like no limit became huge and yeah. i remember that very specifically i was like oh shit this is hip-hop now like yeah. and i was yeah. like because the rest of it kind of went away and then I remember, like, when Snoop Dogg signed on to No Limit, I was like, oh, fuck me. Like, this is, it actually <laughs> transitioned all the way? Oh, no. Like, nah, it, I shifted, mean, it shifted well. It, yeah. it did okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it went uh, down in the early 2000s, like, even though it was, like, shifting towards, um, like, there was experimentation with, like, you know, the pop fusion with it. But mm -hmm. also just like the South, like Southern hip hop was uh, was exploding at the time. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like people uh, like when they talk about hip hop, you know, because it was like East Coast and it went to the West Coast and then it went to the South um, as far as like hot spots. Mm -hmm. And like even though during the 2000s was a moment where it was like experimented with pop music, there was also like, like you said, with like, you know, the South and like Master P 
and uh, cash money records and stuff like that there was like a bunch of just like uh these southern rappers who were basically you know what i mean the new underground of what hip-hop was you, mm -hmm. you know and it was like even though like there's this pop experimentation that was happening the south was really exploding you know with like ti coming out and mm -hmm. young jeezy and gucci Mane was down there you know and like Um, and a lot of other Southern rappers, I just remember it and I was like, I was like, it was, uh, it's such a fascinating, uh, such a fascinating time, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm a, I'm, I'm, so I'm a huge Jeezy fan. Like I'm yeah. just oddly like just have yeah. ended up like I'm, I'm a mostly an East coast hip hop guy, but like, for whatever reason, like, I don't think Jeezy has made a bad record. Like you, like you, like. <laughs> We don't we need to get off on hip hop, but like everything he's ever done just sounds so good and just makes you feel better about life when you're listening to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when yeah. he says I, I leave I leave the mall with more shoes than I can possibly wear, yeah. it's just like one of like my favorite, like favorite lines. <laughs> do you do you guys know the exact moment in hip hop in recent hip hop history when they officially jumped the shark in the like who's gonna sign who thing? Do you guys know what it is? What is it? It's when Murder Inc. signed Vanessa Carlton, and they were just like, "We <laughs> fucked up. We went too far. We got to come back. Come back now." Like, <laughs> when did that happen? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, it happened, and she put out one album, and it was not a Murder Inc. album by any stretch oh. of the imagination. It was what just was the label that that uh, uh, signed Limp Bizkit. The hip hop, uh, the hip hop one. It was Interscope, yeah. wasn't it? No, no, it was a Southern hip for for like their. For gold cobra or something oh yeah. fuck you're right about that that is funny and that was actually one of their better albums which is <laughs> shockingly <laughs> like, <"All> right. <laughs> ryan's gonna get doing. mad move on yeah, yeah, so yeah. like we went from cheesy to limp biscuit in the same conversation and now i was talking about jumping the shark now bomani's leaving because he's like this, <laughs> no, no, this, no, no. this, this just went bad what's paris texas as a movie mm. as a as as a movie yeah like if 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 uh 2000 hip-hops is is what'd you say blumhouse yeah what would paris texas be what movie um i don't know it's hip-hoppy so it's it's more like it's like, <laughs> but it's experimental it's like, as shit uh, yeah but it it's like that it's that new it's that new west coast east coast thing where it's like you know like coast contra anyways let's talk about uh, this um, <laughs> terrifying um yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what's next for you yeah i mean i got another script that i'm i'm floating around you know it's like uh fingers crossed mm -hmm. <laughs> that it goes but it's basically like uh i'll call it i call it backdoor horror you know it's a dark fantasy but uh the best way to describe it is juice meets lord of the rings oh, oh cool <laughs> so you know I love that concept yeah <laughs> Be on the lookout for that, you know. It's like um with these uh, two blurs that find basically to the effect of Gandalf's staff and a book of spells. I love it. Yeah. Amazing. Oh. And like, boy, could that transfer to juice? So great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, and and also like bringing back like juice, like juice was my favorite out of all all the movies at that time period, um, yeah. just because it was a little bit more. Like I love Menace of Society. It was definitely like a lot, and mm -hmm. definitely played on like like a. It was it was just a. It was uh you know it was uh, uh I don't want to say exaggerated because those are people's lives, but like it's but it was just like it was you know it had a lot of like the stuff you that you wanted to see kind of situation mm -hmm. and. Uh, 
and uh, boys in the hood was great um it was really message filled and stuff like that which is fine which was good it was a vehicle for all that stuff because that was happening there and important but juice is just a really gritty movie and like and like it's just like a really like kind of like serious gritty movie and just kind of and just like the idea that like people could get like we got a gun now and like and just watching the and just watching the like the power struggle take it so that that's a fantastic freaking idea so yeah yeah. thank you yeah i'm uh, i'm excited about it i'm i'm hoping uh Hoping some clicks off with it, you know, it's like because I've been uh, been excited about that script for for a long time. So, you know, when you see a little trailer, you see some, some, <laughs> some people holding up the house down and doing some crazy stuff. You already know what's coming. You All right. Well, you better be back here promoting yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's please, it, please. Um, are you ready for our sinister six uh, questions? I'm ready. I don't know what they are, but I'm ready. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna do fine. All right. <laughs> Um, we're gonna go. We're gonna do the original. I think. Yeah, let's do the. Yeah, let's do the original. I gotta. All right, first one, Freddy or Jason? Ooh, (laughs) that's a good one. Um, I'm gonna have to go with Freddy. Yeah, I have to go with Freddy just because uh, conceptually, I remember as a kid, it just was like. I was like, oh, this like uh, you can't sleep. Yeah. Yeah. You you know what I mean? <laughs> right. It's just like conceptually, it's just like it doesn't matter. Like there's nothing you can do because you have to go to sleep eventually. And you're gonna have to face this man and you know, he's he's on his own territory, which is your dream, you you know? And sure. there's there's nothing you could do. Jason scared me, but like, you know, there's like a way out. Don't go to Crystal Lake. <laughs> like <laughs> and even if he finds you in, you know, New York, where he was in Manhattan, wherever he ends up, like, you know what I mean? It's just like, if you can run fast enough, like, you know, it's like, you're gonna... <laughs> That's right. That's <laughs> but, right. Like... I mean, if you know the subways at all, you're gonna... Yeah, yeah. right. It's just yeah, like, yeah. he got on, but, like, yeah, he there's... doesn't know which stops to get on. Yeah, right? <laughs> right. Like, there's, there's a way out. But Freddie, it's like, oh, this, this weird, like, monster guy, and, like, I have to sleep, so it's like, he's, you know, it's, there's no there's no escaping, so. You have to go to his lair every time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> every time. yeah. so, and that just evokes yeah. a certain kind of fear. Absolutely. Sure. Um, what's the difference between thriller and horror? That's a good question. Like, I... I can't say I know, like, I, I only know what I, what I feel, you know, like, mm-hmm. I would say, like, from, like, a, I would almost say that how extreme the movie goes, I feel like how extreme the movie goes would be the difference, you know, like, because, like, a thriller can exist to me of just, like, a movie of somebody, like, you know, running from somebody the whole time, right? Like, right. that can be a thriller right you know what i mean they can get shot at or you know what i mean it's just like but but like a horror movie i feel like the extremities that it's that is existing within it you, you know is like is probably going to be what pushes it into horror what buttons is pushing how how uh how disturbed you are by it and you know and things of that nature like i feel like there's a lot of those key elements that once those kind of get introduced i feel like it starts uh moving into horror right um yeah yeah, that's like that's what i feel like you know right now it's like it's a there's a there's definitely like a 
<laughs> a gray line, right? Like, yeah, like totally, there's a lot yeah. of answers. Yeah, yeah that's why. Yeah. I think, but, um, but, but I will say, you know it when you feel it. You yeah. know, it's just like you yeah. know. It. And like when you're watching a thriller, I think you immediately know this isn't necessarily a horror movie. You know, right? right. You know, thriller I think can be a horror movie, but I don't think a horror movie can be a thriller. Right. You know, I mean, there's some movies that like the the water is brackish. You know what I mean? But like, yeah, yeah for for sure. For sure. I think also there's like there there's no time. There's a lot of times where you can be watching a movie and then all of a sudden you go, oh shit, this is a horror movie. Yeah, but there's almost <laughs> no times where you're gonna be like, "Oh shit, this is a thriller!" Like it's yeah. just it's not gonna be that. It's just, yeah. Oh my god, they're chasing each other with guns! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What is this a police procedural? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> uh, what horror movie influenced your taste the most? Yeah, I'd probably have to say the, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's probably my that's my number one. Uh, favorite horror movie of all time is original Texas Saint, original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, uh, that movie is working on so many levels. I could talk for hours about why that hours, is the yeah. greatest horror movie of all time. Like, <laughs> right. I can, uh, yeah. Absolutely, I yeah. could talk like all day about new movies and everything. And I'm yeah. for the most part, I'm like, it's I want the new stuff right yeah. away. Like, I want to yeah. see what's happening now, what they're yeah. making now. But yeah. like. Uh, Texas Chainsaw is unfuckwithable. Like, yeah. That yeah. Is yeah. Perfect. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. That's an awesome one. Um, if you could erase one movie from existence, what would it be? And it doesn't have to be horror. <laughs> <laughs> erase a movie from existence. You get to Thanos a movie. Just snap. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's like a I don't know if there's a piece of cinema that I would kind of just want gone, you, you know, because mm-hmm. um, this is know, a, he, this is our most passed on answer. Yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah. that's an absolutely a valid and and good opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I like, think yeah, because even the most like uh movies that i you know whether it's like that i don't feel as passionately about you you know it's just like it's still telling me something about myself of what i am passionate about you know signifies that and it reignites my my beliefs uh my cinematic beliefs like (laughs) you know like of how i feel so I don't know if there's a a piece. I mean, you know, there's probably something that no one's ever seen that, like, if I watch it, be like, this shouldn't exist, right? right. <laughs> like, you know, but like, <laughs> as far as like the bastion of cinema as we understand it is what we're talking about. I don't know if there's a movie that I, you know, get rid of. Uh, not off the top of my head, I can't think. Good um, answer. Good answer. Yeah, um, it's either that's how this goes. Either people are like, uh, I don't know, I don't want to erase art, and or you know, yeah. blah blah blah, and then there's other people who are like, nope. This is what I want. <laughs> yeah, there's been, I've been waiting for this. Question. Yeah, I got. Thank God, somebody finally, somebody finally. There's either a movie in the crosshairs, or they're like, never. You never remove. Yeah. Art. By the way, guys, I just saw a movie that's my new answer. It is. It's the new Mean Girls, the remake. Oh, really? Yeah, dude. I was. I'm an unapologetic OG Mean Girls fan because I think it's a great comedy. 
I don't know it what is. the fuck they were thinking with that new one. Like, I have no idea. They took away oh, the heart. I thought you were going to say uh, Devil's Weekend or Making no, Up. No, <laughs> that one, that one hurt my soul. Murder necrophilia one. No, no, that one, that one fucked that me up. That my wife I've already, will love. I've already told, uh, I've already told 50 people to watch that movie because they're going to have bad days and I'm going to laugh about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, next question. Are ghosts real? Ghosts? Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I haven't, ha- I haven't uh, had experience with ghosts, so I guess I would. I mean, well, I do believe in the afterlife, so I guess they have to exist. If you believe in like an afterlife, then like ghosts exist, right? They just may not be in your space, right? Like yeah. they're just <laughs> somewhere else, right? They might like, be busy so. messing around with other people. <laughs> yeah, right. They're messing around with people, or they're in whatever you believe in heaven, hell, or whatever. That's where the mm-hmm. ghosts. Exist right like so right i guess so <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a tough question sometimes yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had all sorts of answers too um, all right last one yeah. midsummer or hereditary oh shit uh, <laughs> yeah i think hereditary i'm gonna run with hereditary i love them both but i'm gonna run with hereditary yeah no. yeah. yeah yeah i'm a hereditary guy myself i mean i love midsummer it's a beautiful movie and i would yeah. go i would go to way more parties if we threw old people off a cliff but it's um <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, it's it's hard to beat the song "Your Own Head Off." Like, it's just so. Yeah, yeah. Like, now, granted, they do have the sledgehammer in Midsummer to the Head, yeah. which is like, yeah. hell yeah! Like, I'm I'm involved. I'm in on this, and it was in broad daylight, which yep. was yeah, which was the, awesome. A, a you know, Blood like, Eagle in broad daylight too was pretty yeah. fucked up. Yeah, yeah, you know. So it's like there's there's that. You know, I will say that, and you know, the crazy ending. You know, it's like mm-hmm. so all that. You know, but like. But yeah, midsummer. It's just you know, it's man, what a way to hit the scene and all that. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. When when her head gets knocked off, um, I don't think there's a person in this like just for that scene alone, just to watch like like everybody go, oh, you know, like yeah. You know, I mean, just like that's a powerful piece of movie making because there's nobody who watched that. I don't care yeah. how tough you are or yeah. how much. No. Yeah, th- there's nobody who watches that and like didn't go. Oh boy! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It ruined like a year for me. <laughs> Yo, that scene was so impactful that Millie Shapiro was like, "I made that movie, and now I'm not doing movies again." Like, yeah. she, she's just like, "I'm gonna go make music now." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now she's a punk rocker, which is yeah, fucking she rad. fucking rules. <laughs> I, I, I like that they also showed her head and then covered it in ants, just because like <laughs> yeah. it, it wasn't there wasn't enough indignity. No. That it was her head just sitting on the side of the road. They had yeah. to cover it in ants. So. Yeah. That was just somebody go looking at Ari Aster going, hey, Ari, that's fucked up. And he just goes, no, no, no. This is fucked up. <laughs> this is fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Ari Aster is so important to cinema, man. Like, yeah. I, yeah, he's uh, he's incredible. What a remarkable director. Did you like yeah. Bo is Afraid? I did. I, I actually okay. watched it uh, recently, um, you know, because I didn't catch it in theaters, which I'm I'm upset about. But I watched it um and as i was watching it i was kind of like because you know i i heard some you know people saying crazy stuff about it and that's fine you know people are allowed to have their opinions but like i just think ari Oster is just uh you know he, he's a great director and that movie i do think has a lot to say about a lot of different things you know whether yeah. uh, you know it, it lands for some people or not but for me it was you know working and then there you know there are parts of it that i'm unsure about but that's 
fine. You know, that's uh, to me, that's what great art does is where it makes you think about things of just like, what does that mean? You, you know, yeah. just because I don't understand, it doesn't mean that it's bad, you know? Right. Like, so um, to me, it's just like that, that movie's so, so interesting. And that ending is so fascinating and potent, you, you know, and the beginning and, you know, it's like all these things, all the different scenes and um, yeah, it's, it, it's an incredible piece of art. And, you know, it goes without saying that Joaquin Phoenix is fantastic in it to me. And Oh, totally um yeah it's just um uh yeah me and my friend just had like a three-hour conversation about it it's <laughs> like some move by it and like um yeah I, I i appreciate that movie and i hope he continues to push the push the envelope with cinema yeah right. yeah it's right. bad in a thousand so far because yeah. i heard stuff i had only just recently saw Bo is Afraid a few weeks ago and mm -hmm. I had heard interesting stuff about it even from Jonas I couldn't really get a read no, on what it, he but, yeah. really thought yeah but you were also like but it's gonna be weird for a lot of people no it <laughs> is it's I mean it's a super weird movie but like it's it is but Jesus I from the second it started <clears throat> I was just hooked on Joaquin and like yeah. trying to figure out what the whole thing was about Mm -hmm. while he was going through it and it was just beautifully done yeah. and i was brought through that his whole world so perfectly uh, yeah so when i love it when people <laughs> ask me about it i tried to be very specific about the fact that i loved the movie i thought it was brilliant but it is a mind fuck mm -hmm. like i just i had to tell people that ahead of time because i'm like go in expecting that it's going to be a weird ass movie because yeah. it is but if you watch it with an open mind, knowing that it's going to be strange because it's literally a visual translation of what's going on in somebody's head while they experience trauma yeah. and like familiar trauma, like, you know, generationally and all the stuff. So I'm like, yeah, it's going to be a little scattered, but like fucking pay attention to it and watch it and just kind of watch it with an open mind. And I think you like it. And almost everybody that I said that to was like, oh, no, it was brilliant. But yeah, it was definitely a weird ass movie. Um, I've watched it twice like I usually do with these movies that I like. And the second time I watched it, Ari Aster did the Ari Aster thing. And man, did he hide some shit in the background that I did not catch the first time. And I was just like, oh, this is a whole different movie now. Like, okay. All right, Ari. Let's see what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you are uh, you're an amazing guest. Uh, we really mm -hmm. appreciate you. Absolutely. Uh, you killed those uh, things. Uh, um <clears throat> Uh, we didn't even get into Crypt TV. We we could have talked a lot about Crypt TV, how it is dealing with them. And oh, we're definitely it, gonna have a part two with you. Don't yeah, worry. we'll we'll talk about that. Um, <laughs> and, and hopefully, hopefully they keep you around. I think uh, I don't know if Eli, is Eli Roth still part of Crypt TV? Is it, I don't I don't I believe so. Yeah, they, yeah, I think he is. When I talk to them, yeah, they're doing some VR stuff with them and all that. That's uh, that's wild. Um, so some cool up. VR stuff during uh during Halloween and also during yeah. a couple of holidays last year because I saw it. I have a Meta headset. And okay, I watched, yeah. I saw what he did with it. And it's pretty, it's honestly pretty awesome what he's doing, mixing yeah. those two mediums. So Jonas, what do you got for uh, recommendations? Recommendations. Um, so one of the things I mentioned, you know, earlier with, um, you know, going through some shit. One of my friends uh, is a guy from Australia um, and he is somebody who I always um, sent a lot of movie recommendations stuff and stuff to. And I just got a couple of movies in uh, physical media wise uh, from a really awesome Australian distributor called umbrella video. 
So anybody in the U.S., if you can, if you collect uh, physical media, and you don't have like a region-free Blu-ray player, um, uh, everything that comes from Umbrella Entertainment is all um, U.S. Region One or like Region A or whatever it is. Um, so I got this version of uh, Stigmata, which mm. is one of my uh, favorite, underappreciated, um, definitely of the time type of movies. Um, and then this one, Wolf Creek. So this is, uh, <laughs> dude, this one's a special edition that's got like the unrated version and the theatrical version. I didn't know that I had never seen the unrated version. And I watched Uh-oh. the unrated version. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, they did not fuck around in that one. (laughs) I mean, already they didn't in the theatrical version, but they definitely had stuff in the unrated version that really did make a difference. Um, so yeah, there's those, um, as far as streaming goes, um, I rewatched, um, since we're talking about shutter, I rewatched, uh, watcher on Mm -hmm. shutter. Um, and it's, uh, continues to be one of my favorite movies that's come over and come out, you know, within the last five years, um, very Hitchcockian type of, uh, story. And if you haven't checked it out, um, absolutely do Micah Monroe's amazing as always. Um, but yeah, it's on shutter. So check that out. And music wise, um, music wise, I'm going to re shout out my roommate slash one of my best friends, Freddie. Uh, his new band, uh, Doggo. Doggo. Um, his album is EP, uh, Funeral for a Pet. Doggo's music will be uh, uh, um, uh, on our videos. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They rule. Uh, honestly, he did a great job with it. And, like, I wish I could say that I'm just saying that because he's, like, just my friend and stuff. Like, you know, like, yeah, go my friend. But, like, also on top of that, like, from a non-biased side of it, he fucking knocked it out of the park. So. It's real good. Yeah, real pop punky, a little bit of grunge in there. Really deep lyrics. He was going through some shit when he wrote those lyrics. Uh, so like, it just it's really good, and it just dropped like a couple of weeks ago. Um, so it's on all the streaming platforms. So throw that as much love as you can. That's what I got. Bam. My turn. All right. I recently on Shutter watched The Passenger. Yes. And The Elderly, two Spanish films. Didn't realize they were both directed by the same dudes. <laughs> and uh, we had uh, uh, Fernando Gomez on the show mm-hmm. who did The Passenger. I knew that. I wasn't on that episode, but I did listen to it. Finally got a chance to see it. Fucking loved that. Yeah. And then The Elderly blew me the fuck away. Same directors, all different writers. Um, and it, it's just fantastic. It's it's about the, the one of the worst heat waves I, I looked it up, too. I was like, Jesus, this heat wave is going up throughout the movie. And and I looked at Madrid's, like, the highest records. 105 degrees Fahrenheit is the hottest. It's every, well, in the movie, it starts hitting, like, 117, 120. I'm like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, but it's a movie. You know, it's not based on, on – it wasn't historical fiction or anything. Anyway, uh, it it causes all the old people to go weird. Um, and I don't want to give too much away because it's fucking cool as hell. But yeah, <clears throat> watch that. And uh, for music, um, what was I listening to? Um, wait, I got it. Hold on. It was uh, oh, tell uh, uh, spiritual cramps new album. It's called Spiritual Cramp. It's like garage rock punk. 
it's absolutely fantastic the the first albums the first song is all about how much cops suck and the rest <laughs> is about it's just fucking fantastic like and i've i've heard about spiritual cramp for a long time like five years and i've tried every time they put out an album I'm like oh, i'll check it out and it, it, they never really caught me this album it's a self-titled album came out just at the end of last year i think fucking smokes and i love them now so that's what i got ryan um music wise i'm gonna go uh I got, i've been really geeked out on dead pioneers uh lately they are absolutely tremendous uh yeah they're, they're a colorado band if you are a fan of the idols um and in, in general um they're like single the mothers I- early single mothers very much yeah they um they um their lead singer's native and it's a lot of spoken word kind of talking um stuff and uh and poignant stuff uh he may or may not have agreed already to do the show who knows um but um but anyways um check out dead pioneers check out chief perfume as well they're a really good um um really good uh, punk band as well i'd like to try that um i watched uh gen v um oh, yeah. from the from the boys and i hadn't watched that and uh it was actually really great and i uh, really really sure. and i really really dug it i watched the final episode of reacher which i'm glad it's uh, the final <laughs> or the final of the season and i'm so glad it's over because it's so dumb but it's so great and it's like and i and i just got dumber every time i watched an episode but boy did it was a good dumb you know what i mean and um so um, but so the reacher season's over uh bad guys ba- get killed you know what i mean uh, uh, <laughs> the reacher's big um yeah and that's uh um on to you bamani take us out yeah okay um right now like you know for the first time right now it's like because I, I haven't read it before but i'm reading it now um i'm reading good omens mm-hmm. mm. yeah, yeah excellent excellent <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. um so yeah, I think you know I'll, I'll recommend that book. Uh, right Are you now. fans of his other stuff? Um, so Neil Gaiman, I've actually like so I've read more of his forewords mm-hmm. on like a lot of <laughs> books than I've read of his actual books. Right. Which you know I'm glad I'm able to change now. You, you know, it's just like because yeah. he always has the most like profound and great things to say about genre. You, you know, before like. And um, I, I love that. So I'm glad to finally be able to pick him up and start reading his stuff. Um, so, yeah, I've been uh, been reading that. If you like Stephen King, you're going to love all his shit because it yeah. is like because okay. yeah. uh, because his like I mean, he's not like Stephen King, like in the stories, but like it's uh, his uh, delivery can be kind of the same. So it's it's yeah. great, which is a, a high compliment. I, I love them both. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Um as far as music is concerned, I've been uh, revisiting Prince and going on a David mm-hmm. Bowie journey. So, mm-hmm. like, uh, maybe people should uh, go back and check that out. <laughs> yes. like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, as far as like uh, cinema is concerned, I've been in. Uh, I'll recommend one movie, and then you know, recommend a, a body of work uh, that everyone's already seen. But I just want. I mean, I feel like it's a uh, it warrants revisit. But like, I watched this movie called uh, The Harris. Or the heiress um by william wyler mm. uh came mm. out in like okay. uh, it's black and white i forgot what year it came out in but by directed by william wyler really great movie um great great fucking movie 
so it's like I I think uh, people should watch that, and I've I've also been thinking, you know, with also the you know the Oscar noms came out today, but like the um, uh, you know Oppenheimer's dominating, and I've been thinking about because I'm a huge fan of Nolan's work, mm -hmm. and I was just like, you know, I was like, it's cool seeing the person I've been following since Memento, you sure. know. Mm -hmm. And then kind of being like, oh, he's like, he is like the Spielberg of our time right now, which totally. is, like, yep. you know, which is like so cool. Um, and I've just been thinking about like his work and like his eras that he's been able to kind of move through, you know, which is very like fascinating. You know, it's like very mm -hmm. cool to see, you know, him like operate in these in these arenas. So, um But yeah, I, I would think uh, I think those are my those are my recommendations. That's a, that's yeah. a great great one. Yeah, awesome, so, yeah. yeah, awesome. Uh, well, thanks so much for joining us and being part of our program and for for making such a great film. Um, we really look forward to anything else that you have uh, coming up. And please come back and uh, be uh, be part of it. Be <laughs> when you go like I got this new movie. Go. I should go on another goddamn horror podcast because those guys are going to want to talk to me about it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, so probably love it. Yeah. Probably, I know where I can go. If I were. also like, if you're just like having kind of a down day and you need people to tell you how rad you are, hit yeah. us up. Well, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll let you know. There'll be another goddamn positive affirmation. Thank y'all for having me. No Absolutely, man. Yeah. And, and thanks for everybody for uh, tuning in. Uh, United States still in the lead. United Kingdoms like actually creeping, creeping a little bit on the United States. Canada right there. Um, New Zealand holding strong in fourth place. Germany, Australia, and Sweden tied for fifth place. Turks and Caicos Islands. We are the. I'm gonna grow. I'm gonna move to Turks and Caicos Islands. I don't know what happens there, <laughs> but I'm gonna run for office. Uh, India, <laughs> Mexico, Poland, <laughs> Netherlands, France, Puerto Rico, Spain, Czech Republic, Ireland, Switzerland, Taiwan, Philippines, Italy, Chile, Russia, Finland, Norway, and Belgium rounding out the top. Um, we love you all so much. Uh, please hit us up. Um, if you have something going on uh, in your country, horror wise send it our way we would love Seriously. to uh, we will totally we will totally do that that's what we're here to do uh we have All a about the world horror we have a um a patreon uh aghp666 at patreon we have uh the army of the goddamned um graham we got we got michael we got drew stephanie katie chris alan bacon bits angela jasmine jason jake vivian ron Kristen, manny Coleman, Ryan, Jared, Michelle, and Brandon. Bacon and we also cat, have way, just so everybody Bacon knows. Bitch is a cat. But I, <laughs> yeah. I, was that not clear? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, I want to say hit up the video, AGHP Video Void, AGHP Video Void um, on YouTube. I've been putting up all the videos from this year up, starting at the Danzigs, so you can watch. You want to see all of our smiling faces? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I got funny hair, so check it out. <laughs> and um, we're a big shout out to the Morbidly Beautiful Podcast Network for uh, for uh, putting up with us and uh, getting our stuff out there. And um, if you're struggling at all, please reach out. We all need to do this together. Us horror fans need to survive this so we can uh, just be rad together and um, mm -hmm. and support uh, Bomani's next uh, venture. So please uh, stick together. And if you need any help, please reach out. We mean it. Um, and until we see you next time, um, please go start some fires and break some glass. Thank you.